This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. It's a Monday edition of AMI at the Movies, and things are about to get real handsome as Amy Amanti reviews the Netflix movie The Gray Man, starring Ryan Gosling, and as I just found out, Chris Evans. Come on, Ryan Gosling and Captain America in this one. Amy is also the host of the AMI original podcast, Accessing Art with Amy. Hello, Amy. Well, hello, Dave. (laughs) Amy, I'm always interested as to why you press play on some of these things. Oftentimes it's true crime. Every now and then we dip you into the action world. High school comedies have been a, have been a recent fixation. But why did you hit play on this film of this genre? You know, I think a part of why I hit play is I'm trying to find some diversity in things and even stretch myself a little bit as a movie watcher. Um, also sometimes things just pop up on your Netflix feed as a must watch. (laughs) And you're like, okay, if you say so. Sometimes the algorithm just, uh, fires it out to you and you're like, okay, well, if the algorithm says so, then I should just hit play. Uh, somehow it knows me better than I know myself. (laughs) Amy, give me a bit of a synopsis here of what this movie's about. Okay. So this is the gray man. It's a build as a 2022 American action thriller. And it's also based on a novel by the same name that was released in 2009. Um, and so essentially what we're doing in this film is we're following, uh, the main character whose name is court gentry. There's actually something really cool about the name court gentry, but, uh, I digress. <laughs> so court, <laughs> court gentry is a prisoner and he's gone uh, to jail because he's been convicted of murder but he was a minor when he was convicted of murder. So then we sort of gloss over that and skip to eight years later. He's still in prison, obviously, because he's serving a really heavy sentence for murder. And he gets visited by a CIA officer who basically tells him that he can get him out of jail if he comes to work for the CIA um, as a undercover operative. Basically, we'll train you to kill bad guys. Um, and so he hums and haws about it and, uh, decides to take up the offer because otherwise he'll be in jail for the rest of his life. And then that scene sort of ends and we transport again to like 16 years later and he's like well into this. So we don't get to see him be trained or any of that. We just wow, jump right in into time, time jump city over we're here. Time jumping. Yeah. And, uh, and all of a sudden he's, uh, he's in this middle of this plot where he has learned that he has been asked to kill one of his own. So another operative. So now known as Sierra Six, he's been asked to kill Sierra Four. And, you know, what are the choices that he makes around, you know, as this happens? Because there's going to be collateral damage as a plot unfolds to, uh, I don't know, there's there's hidden secrets within the agency. We'll just say that. Okay. Okay. As there should be. It's the CIA. There's, of course, going to be. Someone's going to backstab somebody and turn on someone and the tables are going to turn again. Uh, Amy, I'm going to jump around all over the place here because you mentioned the double time jump. What mm. do you think of that technique from a film perspective? I think that's a little bit excessive. Yeah, I mean, it's been used a lot, as you well know, to be able to fit in a lot of content in a small period of time. Um, But I think sometimes it's the journey that's more interesting than the destination Mm -hmm. in some of these films. So it might have been more interesting to see how 
um, how the operative was trained. But that's not what this movie is about. So this one really is about the operation that goes very wrong. And uh, and they give you this really, really small amount of backstory. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting kind of born identity vibes from it, right? Trying to replicate something along those lines. Yeah, I, I, I suppose... To a certain extent, there's some Bourne identity. Although, if I remember correctly, Jason Bourne had some kind of um, component to him. Maybe it was an experimental component. You know, like the Wolverine yeah, was a human, yeah. but he had some kind of experimental thing that made him kind of superhuman. <laughs> okay, yeah. And this court gentry dude, Sierra Six, is just a dude. Just a he's dude. Just a dude. Just a dude. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I guess he's got such high class training that he's one of those dudes that can like fall from ceilings and doesn't get a mark on them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about some of these dudes because I mentioned Mm -hmm. Ryan Gosling. I mentioned Chris Evans. Anybody else of note to keep this cast cast particularly aesthetically pleasing? Well, I mean, there's a huge bunch of folks in this cast. And every time I do these segments, I'm like, oh, who do I pull out? And I try and pull out the names that folks may know. So of course, you know, Ryan Gosling. And of course, you know, Chris Evans um, and Billy Bob Thornton. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my, this is so handsome in this movie. So Billy Bob uh, uh, plays um, our agent Donald Fitzroy, who was the one who came to uh, to the prison to try and get Sierra Six into uh, into the CIA. But he's now a retired CIA agent because we fast forward so far into the future, right? So he's when the plot unfolds, he's retired, but he's still mixed up in it. So. Is he uh, a good guy or a bad guy? I'll never tell. Okay. <laughs> You'll never, we'll never tell. We'll never know unless we, unless yeah, we actually why. watch the film. Um, so I've always been a big fan of Ryan Gosling, not just because I objectify the man. He's the only actor that I truly objectify because he is so darn handsome. But Billy Bob Thornton, pretty good actor. Chris Evans, pretty darn good actor who's made quite an action career for himself outside of just being Captain America, not just flexing those biceps, holding up helicopters. How were the performances? Performances I thought were great. It, for me, it was the highlight of the movie that the performances were, were quite strong. This is a, a different role for Chris Evans than I've really ever experienced to him in. So he's quite a nasty, nasty, nasty guy in this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't often, I mean, we, we, you're like, you're right. We kind of objectify him as a superhero to some extent. So this is a bit of a, was a bit of a flip for me, but I thought he did. I was creeped out. We'll just say I was creeped out. Okay. Okay. So appropriately he, so he hit the creepy mark. We we definitely mm. like that one, and it's it's good. It's good when someone can. It's actually good to have a foil like that in these movies. You need a good bad guy, or these you movies do. don't work. Um, if you don't have conflict, movies don't work at all. Amy, I've got two questions about description here. Mm-hmm. Before I ask you more broadly about description, tell me a bit about the fight scenes here and how description was utilized in those scenes. Yeah, so I thought that the description of the fight scenes was really was really well done. Sometimes uh, in fight sequences, what happens is they try and give you every single thing play by play, and you actually can't unpack it in your mind. Um, this often actually happens with the superhero movies because um, a lot of the action is superhuman. And so you're like, well, geez, I've never seen a human do anything like that before. How would I do, like, how would my body do something like that? Um, so I thought that these sequences were the the moments were picked appropriately for description, and then they would just sort of unpack a moment as it was going through. Um, so I thought that that was really well done. What about the audio audio description more generally speaking? Well, the audio description more generally speaking, I mean, essentially in a movie like this, it's absolutely necessary. Was it the greatest audio description I've ever experienced? No, I think there were some moments where I felt like 
I wasn't quite able to grasp the story the way that I had wanted to in an equitable way. Um, and because I was watching it without uh, somebody's working eyeballs, I wasn't able to fill in some of those gaps. Sometimes I'm able to because somebody's with me and they're like, oh, this happened. And I was like, oh, okay, gotcha. I'm back on track, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but without having that extra, sometimes I felt like I, I was just, just a step behind what was happening in some scenes. Mm. So this film, I mentioned the Bourne identity before in terms of sort of that CIA component, who's double crossing mm. who. I also got some vibes of watching the little thumbnail preview on Netflix that maybe we've got some John Wick components here. The two things in common with those movies is they came on to span big universes and sequels. Mm -hmm. What do you anticipate the future is for this film? Well, um, it's not me anticipating it. It is widely available in a, in a Google search, which is what I thought was so interesting about this, is that the week after it was released, uh, this film got such great, uh, I'm going to say a great money making, like people talk with their money, mm -hmm. but of course mm -hmm. critics are not saying the same thing that the money's saying, right? But anyways, it got, it made so much money that they announced um, two things, uh, something that's going to grow into a franchise. So they're calling it the Gray Man Universe. Okay. And uh, the and GMU. A, yeah, that's right. And also a spinoff. Um, so we're going to be we're, the, the the directors are going to be brought back on for the uh, for the sequel. And Ryan Gosling will also be in the sequel. And then there is going to be there's going to be a, a spinoff that's going to explore some other factions, I guess, that they want to talk about within the Gray Man universe. Amy, I know that I've kind of uh, shared my thoughts here on Ryan Gosling. I would say he's probably one of the best actors breathing oxygen right now. Where do you stand on the Ryan Gosling conversation? Um, you know, what I like about Ryan Gosling is that he's quite diverse. I mean, you can see him in, you know, some of the most fantastic romantic comedies mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and romantic dramas, of course. And then you can see him in these action thrillers. So I think any actor that can sort of bridge that divide who doesn't get cast typed in, you know, any specific genre, uh, knows what they're doing. Yeah. And, and. Yeah, it doesn't hurt that he's easy on the eyes. He was fabulous comedically in The Big Short. He was really mm -hmm. good in a movie. He was nominated for an Academy Award called Half Nelson. Uh, great, great film if you haven't checked it I out. I haven't from seen like that the, one, no. The, the middle of the last decade, so around 2005, 2006. He was fantastic in that movie. And he's done the action thing too. He did the ultraviolence movie Drive in 2011, which I mistakenly took a girl on a first date to go see, which was a really <laughs> poor decision. Um, <laughs> Amy, how would you rate The Gray Man out of 10? You mentioned critics haven't been loving it but there's only one critic that matters to me and that's you do you know dave i'm mixed on this one i gave it an eight out of ten because i know some folks re it's got some really great things going for it i think to some extent i'm getting a little bored of seeing the same plot line over and over again because mm. you know this one doesn't have a strong plot line um it's mostly based on action and that's n pretty much what i'm seeing out of these action thrillers is that it's mostly action and no plot line. And I kind of want a little more story. Yeah. A lot of these Netflix action flicks do tend to be just sort of driving first person drivers. Um, mm -hmm. There was a really good one I saw during the pandemic with uh, Chris Hemsworth, Thor. I think that's Thor, whichever, whichever one plays Thor uh, called Extraction, which I really enjoyed too. But again, it really is just like a high tempo, high speed action flick. It didn't mm -hmm. necessarily have the, the John Wick nuance or levels to it. And even John Wick, I'm getting a little concerned. They're making a fourth one and they're making TV shows. I'm, I'm nervous that it's going to be a little too much a reboot of intellectual property. Yeah. I mean, there's the risk of that, right? And that's driven by big money. It's yeah. driven by, yeah. by how much you spend to go see these films. Cash rules everything around me. Dollar, sure dollar does. bill, yo. 
you've been listening to Now with Dave Brown, hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Juita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.